up, Pede? Hey, Mire. How are you? I'm good. I'm seeing you have a new mic. I finally bought a mic after listening to the feedback that my sound was horrible. And your dad apparently trashed me for having no, terrible... no, 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 no. My dad loves tell, you. He loves tell your, tell your, tell your dad, tell your dad that I bought a microphone and the sound is gonna be ten out of ten on this episode. I hope. Okay, I hope so too. I hope mine is gonna be good too. You're using a microphone as well. Mm, no. Yes. Ooh. What's the right answer? I don't know. Step it up. Step it up. Oh. What do you want to talk about? What is on your mind? Tell me, tell me a little bit about you. I always find it funny that, Ooh, you know, you're Venezuelan and you live in Brazil. Um, okay. And you've, how long have you lived in Sao Paulo? Two years. Two years. What's your favorite thing about it? Hmm. Favorite thing about Sao Paulo is, I would say the people. Brazilians are very nice and they're happy folk. So I appreciate people smiling in the morning and yeah, it's, People are just very nice. I thought you were going to say the funk. I like my funkão, but I still prefer my reggaeton and my merengue and my salsa. Although funk what, is... What, what's, what's like the worst thing about it? About funkão? No, Sao about Paulo? São Paulo. São Paulo. Ooh. The distance. I think the distance from a family is... What I don't like about Sao Paulo. I don't know why when I moved here, I thought like, ah, it's neighboring from Venezuela. And it had like, when I, I flew from the time I lived in New York, I would fly directly. So I was like, ah, it's just a flight away. But it's actually very, very far. And if it were a little bit more north, I think it'd be perfect. And expensive, right? Flights are super expensive. Yeah. yeah. Leaving, within Brazil and leaving Brazil. Um, yeah. It's, but it's a great city. I like it a lot. Do you want to move back to Brazil one, sometime? I think about it a lot. A lot of my friends know. It's like a life dilemma because I left Brazil when I was 13. So I've never gotten to experience like the adult life in Sao Paulo um, or anywhere in Brazil. Yeah. So maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe I'll move next year and we can do a Boteco <laughs> Talks IRL. What do you think? Maybe we could actually record a Boteco Talk episode at a Boteco. That'd be nice. That would be so fun. The audio would be terrible, but that would be fun. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, now, amazing. We so today? I'm actually so freaking pumped for this episode. I know we say this every week, guys, but we're finally <laughs> talking about investing. Like we're going to be talking about how to make your money work for you. And I know a lot of our listeners have questions. I had a ton of questions about it. So let's get right into it. All right, let's do it. We are finally ready to talk investing. So I want to start us with a fun exercise. Let's imagine I have $1,000 sitting in my ba bank and I want to start investing. I want to start making making some dollars. Is it too soon to start? Okay. So let me flip the question on you for a second. Uh, because I feel like this is a very popular question. So let's just say that I am a below average yoga practitioner which i am okay. below average question for you should i wait until i'm more flexible before i start going to yoga classes okay yes i get your point you're basically saying you know my answer is going to be no you need to start somewhere 
if you're not flexible, if you don't start yoga, you're not going to become more flexible, right? So you need to start somewhere. Exactly. Actually, it's a side note. Um, just to see if I stand a chance. How long will it take me to be like to consider myself a yogi, like being good at yoga? I feel like I'm always. I'm, I've been going like for a couple of years, and I'm still not good. I'm not the right person to answer, by the way, because I'm not that good at yoga either. Um, but I always, at least my favorite teachers, they always say you're already a yogi just by showing up in your mat um, and like by going with time, patient, no, not competing with other people around you. You're gonna get better and better. It's a journey, kind of like everything in life. I like that. Actually, I I love my yoga teacher. She's she's like has great vibes. She sings the ukulele towards the end of the of the yoga class. So I really want to go to that class. I always make a fool of myself, but I always enjoy it a lot. And I'm always like front and center because since I can't see and I take my glasses, I'm like front row in oh, front no, of her. Guys. I'm, I hope it's you clear that I'm like the worst in the room. No, no, I hope you got it. You got, I hope no one has to see you squint trying to look at the teacher, trying to it's follow actually, the It's actually kind of embarrassing because there have been times where I, I'm not in front of the class. So like the class is call it 90% girls and 10% guys. So maybe there's like, I don't know. No, it's actually like maybe like 25 women, three guys. So sometimes I have to like look to the side to see what it is that they're doing. Oh my and, gosh. And, 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 so, and sometimes I'll squint and in, in, in my mind is like, these girls. <laughs> you sound like, so creepy. Yeah. They, they probably think I'm like this creep staring at them, watching like their moves. And it's like, if only they knew, I can't really see. I if just, if only they I'm know really your mind. just yeah. to see what is it they're doing. Um, okay, anyways, back Let's to finance. Get back to back finance. To finance. <laughs> yes. So to answer your question, it's the same thing with finance. With investing, you need to start somewhere. And that's because the power of compounding will literally make you millions over the long term. Oh, millionaires. I like the sound of that. Um, how how would you define compounding? You tell me. I always mention it. How would you define compounding? Oh, my compounding? gosh. How would I define <laughs> I'm compounding? I'm on the spot here. Let's go. I think I, okay, so like I would say compounding is making your money work for you by investing and reinvesting over time. Essentially, like you're staying invested so that you're making money on your gains. That's exactly it. You could you can have put it in, in more perfect terms. Uh, so how would I like spell this out like, or put it into practical terms with actual dollar figures and what's the power of compounding? So let's say you invested a thousand dollars today and it returns eight percent annually, which is in line with a growth portfolio, which is your risk profile. Remember how we mentioned you have the conservative balanced growth portfolio, you are a growth profile it will grow at 8% annualized. You retire, I think you told me it was 37 years. So you'll retire, say, 37 years from now. If that $1,000 you invest today grows at 8%, that will be worth $17,000, 37 years from now. And that's assuming you don't put an extra dollar in it. Now, let's say okay. you invest $1,000 today and you invest another $1,000 every year for the next 10 years. That will be worth $125,000 by the time you retire. Now, this is why starting small is so important because every little increment will literally compound and compound. And before you know it, it will be worth a lot, a lot of money and it will make a difference. Yeah. Starting small and thinking long term. Exactly. Okay. So amazing. Good to know. And I guess the question here is, where do I even start? Right? Like you told me, I should start investing. I have that $1,000. How do I go about it? Yeah. So 
I think we just have to think about building these financial habits. And that the first point about that is going back to your asset location. So in the prior episode, I asked you tons of questions to figure out what is your correct risk profile and then figuring out what is the proper asset allocation or the target asset allocation because of it. In, based on your risk tolerance and your profile, we came to the conclusion that you have a growth profile, which is what's more appropriate for you. As such, you should have around, just to refresh, 75 75% of your assets in equity and around 25% in fixed income. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Actually, I looked at my portfolio before having this call, guys. I'm prepared. Um, nice. And I would say... Yeah, I did my homework. I would say I'm a lot safer than I want to be. I have about 40% in fixed income and 60% in equity. So what should my strategy be to increase the equity? What what does that even mean and how do I go about it? Well, first off, thank you for taking the time to figure out your asset allocation. I think that's great. Um, how do you figure out what that was? I think it would be helpful just so people know how they can go about it themselves and, and getting that information themselves. Okay, so it wasn't that hard, actually. It's pretty easy. I broke out my network into buckets. So cash is one, retirement is other, and investments are the other one. So it's three buckets. I went, went into my retirement account, which is Vanguard. I have a 260 target fund, which invests based on my predicted retirement age. It was 90% stock and 10% bonds. Um, and then I went into my investment account and I looked at the mutual funds to see where they were invested. And when I combined both of them, the sum of all of those investors, investments resulted in 60% equity and 40% in fixed income. Nice, nice. Was it hard getting all this information? No, not really. I mean, my 401 account um, is online, like I mentioned. It showed my breakdown immediately. And for the mutual funds, I had to dig a little bit to understand the breakdown, but it's all in the website. It's pretty It's pretty easy. Nice. That's awesome. Great job, Miri. That's good. So now that we have your current asset location and we know what's your risk profile, we can work our way up into having your target asset location, right? Okay. I think that's a solid plan. How do I even go about it? All right. So first things first. If yeah, you already have a brokerage account, but in the case some members of our audience don't have a brokerage account, it's important that we open one, right? Okay. Which one do you recommend? So there are many platforms out there. Um, some are what are considered managed accounts, which is basically platforms that invest the money for you. And the others are just non-discretionary brokerage accounts, which is the one in which we're going to talk about in this episode because it's the one that you have total control and you make those investments yourself. Okay. Can you give me an example of an account that I would have total control of? Yeah. So this brokerage account is kind of like your classic brokerage account that it's more commonly used or people are more familiar with in which you open the account, you transfer money from say your bank, and then you make your investments yourself. An example, I, for example, use Charles Schwab. But there are many other platforms that are very popular, like Robinhood, for example. Okay, nice. Okay, I think I need to open a Charles Schwab account because one of my best friends, Caroline, shout out Caroline. Sweet uh, Caroline. So I got to oh, support oh, her. Oh. Sweet, Sweet Caroline. Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, yes. All right. So, yes. 
let's do do that for Caroline. And so now that we have our current application, right? We know what's our target application. And now we're opening our brokerage account to invest going forward. So what did we figure out? That based on where you're at currently, we need to add more equities, right? Yeah. Okay, this is where I think things start to get a little gray. And I want to try to break things down um, really granularly. But guys, please bear with me because this has been a weekend of learning about this. So hopefully it's going to be understandable for the audience. But we have financial Feta here helping as well. Um, but so as I understand, there's, of course, a tons of ways to invest, including different vehicles, different strategies, etc. And when investing in equities, we should consider ETFs and mutual funds or even single stops in single stocks and companies that I like. Yes. Okay. So those are all great points. Um, so I think it's important that we separate what is an investment strategy and what is an investment vehicle. Okay. An investment strategy is the plan or the approach we take to achieve your financial goals. In your case, that strategy strategy is to, to increase your exposure to equities over time. Now, yeah. the investment vehicle refers to the financial instrument or product that we will use to implement your strategy. So you gave an examples of ETFs or mutual funds or shares in a company. These are all vehicles that invest in financial securities to carry forward your investment strategy. Yeah, true. And I think the easiest way for me at least to understand um, the difference between ETFs and mutual funds was starting by thinking, okay, like these two are the same. They're the same, but different, right? But what are the similarities between both? So they both group a ton of instruments together. So think when we say instruments, like Fede said, like could be stocks and they both grow, uh, they, bo they both group a ton of stocks together and the return is the sum of the parts. The difference is mutual funds will have a manager leading the strategy and making changes according to their own opinions versus an ETF is not actively managed and could be tracking the performance of many different types of companies. For instance, the S&P 500, I know that's a famous one. It tracks the performance of the top 500 com companies in the US. Exactly. No, that was a great explanation, Mine. I think you Yay. covered m most of it. The only thing I would add is that, th so this can be kind of tricky. There are ETFs that are actively managed that behave more like mutual funds, even though they're actually ETFs. But in my opinion, the better ones are the passive ETFs, which, which track an index like the one you said, the S&P 500, which does not, like this ETF does not have somebody deciding on a whim what securities to buy or hold. It just follows this index. So the most popular ETF, for example, this one that tracks the S&P 500 is the SPY. You can't invest in it. Okay. Invest in the ETF that tracks that index. Now, historically, historically, it is very difficult for managers to outperform the market, right? So, like these mutual fund managers, these so-called fund managers, which is why passive investing, which means investing in vehicles that track an index, for example, in my opinion, is much more efficient and a better way to invest. Okay. Did you? ever outperform the market though when you were a financial advisor so no not since i started investing i didn't outperform the market maybe i got lucky one, but that's about it so the more i thought i knew the worse i did 
which is why over time I have shifted my investment strategy into much more passive vehicles. I've realized that the less I do or the simpler I keep things, the better I do. Okay. So if you haven't, if you haven't outperformed the market, why should I be taking your advice? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, you don't want to. Oh, I guess, I guess it's too late now. We're too, uh, we're too deep into this. I mean, I mean, nobody forced you to make this podcast media. So you can always, you can always think, think it through and reconsider. God, okay. All right. All right. Don't, don't get all, don't get all feisty here. Uh, don't get all defensive. <laughs> okay. um, so let's, of course, I'm, I want to be selfish and think about me. Um, in my case, if you don't think managers are going to be out, outperforming the market, you're saying, you know, you don't really recommend investing in mutual funds. So the best solution would be to invest and buy shares of an ETF instead. Like yeah. I know we talked about SPY. Is that the ETF you recommend? Would you only recommend one ETF? So this is where I cue in my super, super disclaimer of this is not investment advice. This is my personal opinion. Um, but considering adding to the S&P 500, so the SPY, I think it's a good start. You want to invest in the US. Traditionally, the US will outperform the rest of the world and do so in the S&P 500 is, is kind of a simple way to do it. Now, down the line, way down the line, this is not going to be the next episode or anytime soon. Okay, okay. Before you before you ask, we can get into more detail and do like an asset allocation to Pruno, in which we look at different ETFs, which include different regions, sectors, etc. That sounds but, fun. Okay. Thank you. Um, and what about like buying stocks in companies I like or see growth potential in? For instance, let's say I want to buy stocks um, of Airbnb directly. Yeah. So. I get the appeal of that. I think it's nice investing in companies or in brands you like. And I think maybe like if you want to just invest a very small amount just out of curiosity because you want to read more about the company and follow the company, that's one thing. But devising your investment strategy around single stocks, I think it's very tricky and not sound. Just because from an analysis perspective, it is way too difficult to understand companies to the extent that is required to have any sort of advantage when investing in them. Like analysts on Wall Street do it for a living and even they get it wrong often. So it's a yeah. nearly impossible task. It takes a lot of time. So honestly, I would just advise against it. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So ETFs, it is, I guess. Yes, passive um, yeah. So last question. I think this is my last question. Okay. What if I can't reach my desired allocation at once, right? Like, should I wait until I have more cash? No, 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 no waiting. No waiting. Let's get into okay. this right away. So it's fine if you don't have your desired allocation right now. I mean, we could look to sell things and rebalance. That's not what we're going to do. But in the end, you can just take your time to reach your target asset location, we can just look to add equities on a monthly basis until we get to that point. Remember that this is something that we will probably look at quarterly. Your needs will, may change, and then we can just make adjustments based on that. Okay, I love that you said we. I love that you're my official financial advisor now. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I'm not yeah. I really can be your financial advisor. It's and, fine, it's fine. Um, but I can okay, help. this I was... This was so much information. I hope um, 
I hope this was helpful. Should we wrap it up, do our usual takeaways so that our listeners can take away some actions? Let's do it. Why don't you recap it for us, Mide, please? Okay. All right. Um, key action items of today's episodes. The first one is thinking about investing and reinvesting long-term is super important. Compounding will allow your money to work for you. So start now, no matter how small your amount is. And then takeaway number two, take a look at your current asset allocation. Can you be more aggressive or do you need to play it a little safer? Calculate what adjustments are necessary based on your risk profile. And then the last takeaway is if you have more risk tolerance and need to add equities, then consider buying shares of ETFs. SPY is a very famous one as it tracks the performance of the top 500 U.S. companies, but there's others that you can look into as well. That is great, Media. I think you're well on your way to becoming a passive investor, which means you're well on your way to outperforming the market and doing a lot better than I ever did. So keep oh at my it. Gosh. Small Hopefully. steps. Um, and anyways, that was a great episode. Hopefully it was helpful. And I ask that our audience, please rate us, like us, give us five stars. Follow us. Follow us on Boteco Talks. And we will see you next time. Oh, we should probably announce that we will be taking a short summer break because Mirela will be going to Australia and I will be yeah. getting LASIK surgery. So actually, this is the last episode with glasses on ever. So it seems that we're going to wow. both gonna enjoy a couple weeks holiday. I'm so happy. I'm going to stop squinting right. and people at the gym will stop thinking I'm a creep. So I'm excited for that. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. See Bye, you Mira. next time. Saúde, saúde.